Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Age of Radio. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man joining me, as always, is my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? Dude, it's football talk. How do you think I'm doing, bro? It's always a good day when it's football talk, Ruski. Come on now. Yes, man. Let's get into this, brother. Yes, sir. We've got a lot to cover. It's been a wild weekend of football. A little bit of wildness in college and a lot going on in the NFL. Right. So let's start with that, the NFL standings so far after this week. We have in the AFC East, the Patriots were on a bye week, so they stayed at 9-4. and four. The Bills lost for the second straight week and have dropped to 7-6. and six. The Dolphins, I believe, were off this week, so they are 6-7 and seven still. Um, and the Jets are 3-10 and 10 with a loss. Um, sorry, I forgot about the percentages. Patriots, 692. Bills, 538. Dolphins, 462. And the Jets are 231. In the AFC North, the Ravens lost, dropping them to 8-5 and five with a 615 win percentage. The Bengals are 7-6, and six, as well are the Browns. Both are 538 win percentages. Your Steelers' loss on Thursday night dropped them to 6-6-1 six, six with a 500 record, um, win percentage record. The AFC South has the Titans on top at 9-4 with a 692 win percentage. The Colts are 7-6 with a 538 win percentage. The Jags and Texans both lost, dropping them to 2-11 with a 154 win percentage. In the AFC West, the Chiefs are 9-4 with another beautiful win, this time an arrowhead. They moved up to 692 in the win percentage. Uh, The Chargers had a great game, moved up to 8-5 or 615 win percentage. The Broncos bounced back after the Monday night loss to the Chiefs, are 7-6 with a 538 record. And the Raiders, we're going to talk about this, made some key mistakes even right before the game started um, in that Chiefs game and dropped to 6-7 with a 462 win percentage. In the NFC, the East, the Cowboys won again, moving their record to 9-4 with a 692 win percentage. The loss... For the Washington football team against the Cowboys, dropped them to 6-7 and seven, with a 462 win percentage. The Eagles uh, were off this week, had a 6-7 and seven record before, and still at that with a 462 win percentage. The Giants lost to the Chargers, as we just mentioned, are 4-9 and nine, with a 308 win percentage. In the NFC North Division, the Packers won once again on Sunday Night Football, this time at home against the Bears, moving them to 10-3 and three with a 769 win percentage. 
The Vikings won on Thursday Night Football against the Steelers. We'll talk about that. Um, moved up to 6-7 and seven with a 462 win percentage. The Bears dropped to 4-9 and nine with that loss to the Packers to 308 win percentage. And the Lions, unfortunately, do not have a winning streak as they are 1-11-1 and and with a 115 win percentage. In the NFC South, the Buccaneers are 10-3 and with a 769 win percentage when, when they beat the Bills. The Bills. The Falcons uh, moved within a game of 500 as they are now 6-7 and with a 462 win percentage. The Saints moved up to 6-7 and as well with their win over the Jets. A 462 win percentage, and the Panthers with their loss dropped to five and eight with a 385 win percentage. In the NFC West, the Cardinals dropped to ten and three <clears throat> and a 769 win percentage after Monday Night Football. The Rams were the ones that upended the Cardinals and moved to nine and four with a 692 win percentage. The 49ers survived in overtime against the Bengals to go up to seven and six or with a 538 win percentage. And the Seahawks trying to look like they're a little dangerous now. Moved up to five and eight with a three eighty five win percentage. How about them Seahawks? Yes, what's up? Looks like they're getting their crap together. Russell Wilson looks like Russell Wilson. Yeah, looks like they're gonna get their crap together in time to make a late playoff push because they're still in it. All right, so we're gonna go talk some college notes real quick. Um, the news out of Oregon is it has found its next head coach, and with the hiring of Dan Lanning. The 35-year-old Lanning comes from comes in from leading Georgia's number one ranked defense that dominated all year long. He made it to Eugene for an introduction products conference before returning to Athens uh, to prepare to begin preparation for Georgia Bulldogs' playoff game against Michigan on December 31st. Um, the press conference was yet uh, yesterday, yeah, or, or in, in the early afternoon. Lanning stated that he does plan on being in Eugene for as long as the university is willing to have him. This will be also his first head coach gig in football, as he adamantly stated. In high school, he led a third-grade basketball team as their head coach, and they were pretty awesome. So, Cooper, your thoughts on the co- on the hiring of Dan Lanning for the University of Oregon? This is good for Oregon, dude. Not only that, but he's a young dude. Mm-hmm. That means he's hungry to win. And, you know, I mean, what a way to get your first head coaching position at, at Oregon, dude. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty prestigious you know, school. Not being a homer here, but you know, yeah, it is prestigious, and that's that's pretty damn cool. And to kind of hammer on that, prestigious in the fact that you no, know, we don't have the history of a great football program, but we have Nike. Yep, that alone right there is just worth the wanting to be in Oregon. You don't mind the cold Steve weather. Steve Prefontaine, baby. Yeah, it's Steve Prefontaine, but you know, but the Nike <laughs> backing is pretty amazing, uh, to say the least, for sure. Uh, I, I'm excited because I like the fact that he's gonna be a, bring a different style to the team. We've been offense a lot lately. Um, even Cristobal, even though he was an offensive lineman, and he dedicated more of his um, energy to the trenches on both sides was still kind of a little bit more offense based rather than defense based. Now having a defensive guy coming in is going to change the way how we look at things. Though he says he does plan on trying to get an offensive coordinator to be brought in that will help speed back up that Oregon offense that we've been used to seeing yeah, in past um, iterations under Mike Bellotti, um, when he, before he retired and giving up the reins to Chet Kelly and then of course Mark Hilfrich. Um, <clears throat> what I like about this too is him being a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. He's going to be looking for bigger guys. Our defense has been so small for so long. Right. Like they're just small guys. It's not that they can't make plays, but if we want to ever face somebody in say a national title, yeah, we have to have bigger guys. We're going to have to have some uh, big guys down in the trenches. Some guys that are. You know, I don't. We don't need a bunch of Noah Suels out there. Though it wouldn't hurt because Noah's huge. But I'm just saying, we need and guys he's talented as hell. So. Yeah, and talented as hell. But I'm just saying, it'd be nice to have guys that are at least close to him in stature and at the linebacking core. I still think Noah would be better off as a pass rusher more than a as a hand in their dirt outside, you know, yeah. edge rusher than really a or even just coming up 
up the middle on blitzes rather than freaking trying to play linebacker the way he does. But towards the end again, that was just defense. Might be just defensive call. We'll see what happens with uh, Lanning coming up next year. Uh, I might like it because we might actually play something other than zone defense, which would be nice. Yes. I'm bring, sick and tired. Bring back the 4-3, baby. That would be nice if he plays a 4-3. I mean, it just depends on how our personnel lines up and what we get in the recruiting class and who we can keep and who we might lose because you know, there's still a chance we might lose some players. But it's definitely going to be um, interesting to watch. Um, but we got more news from Oregon. The interesting thing about that hiring was being announced over the weekend. Prior to that was Cal head coach Justin Wilcox had turned down the head coaching job at Oregon to remain at Cal. Oregon was holding off announcing landing until they had an answer from Wilcox and even gave him until Saturday to make his determination. Um, that made a hard push for Wilcox because he is a former player at Oregon. He played on the defense in the late 90s under coach Mike Bellotti. Um, there was a report, though, on Friday that Lanning was named head coach, but the school had refuted that report. That report may have actually made up Wilcox's mind at that point, though. Yeah, man, this isn't good. Like, uh, when you're when you're doing things in business, you gotta you gotta be kind of quiet about it sometimes. Yeah, and uh, that that's the problem with social media and any of that. Somebody just has to say something. To start a rumor and it just, it trickles, dude. Right. No, actually, we're going to be talking about that here when we go over to NFL News and talk about it. We're coming out of Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, There's been hectic going on there. But it just makes you wonder, though, didn't, did Lanning plant that report because he heard that maybe he wasn't going to get the head coaching job and had to wait to find out and went, you know what? Maybe if I push that out there, the other candidate will tell him no. Maybe he didn't know about Wilcox, but he might have heard that. We're gonna we're waiting to find out from someone else, and he went well. Maybe if I kind of push that out there, they'll say no. Mm-hmm. Not saying he did it intentionally, but at the same time, he, if he may have like said something in passing to someone, kind of like, "Hey, I might be getting the Oregon job. Do with that information as you will." You never know. <laughs> man. You, you never know. I'm just saying. Um, I mean, because a lot of reports too came out that Dan Lanning actually really wanted to come to Oregon. That he was wanting the job. He was doing everything he could to actually land the job at Oregon. Just saying, maybe he got a little overzealous and maybe maybe uh, made sure it got planted out that he was hired, even though he wasn't hired yet, officially, yeah, until Saturday. Um, but, yeah, that's... Um, I was a little surprised, though, that Wilcox, if that was what made it up, I don't know, but we we obviously don't have any sources on that, but... Just kind of was surprised that Wilcox turned down the job to come back home to Oregon. I mean, he grew up in Oregon. He played at Oregon. So I just would have thought maybe he would have been willing to come back because he is a good coach. I know his record doesn't show it at Cal, but also Cal is, I would hate to say that they're second to Stanford academically because they're actually still a really good academic program. They just... Basically, Stanford is almost basically really Ivy League on the West Coast, where Cal is still an upper echelon. You kind of have to have a really good GPA to be at Cal. So, just saying, if he went back to Oregon, he'd have a little bit more resources and more, and not a higher standard of academic education to get football players. You know, just just throwing that out there. <laughs> Would have been a little bit better for you at Oregon. Just saying. Plus. We kind of wanted an Oregon guy, but you know, when uh when Kirby Smart ends up fired for not beating ever beating Alabama at Georgia, you know, Lanning will miss you when you come back up to Georgia. So <laughs> then there's that, right? So <laughs> that's uh, that's gonna be the funny thing. Or if he ends up doing well enough, they the NFL comes calling. We'll see what happens. All right. So last week was the awards for college football on Thursday, and then Saturday night had the Heisman ceremony. Georgia defense alignment, speaking of uh, Georgia-led uh, Georgia-led defense, defense alignment Jordan Davis won the Chuck Bednarik and the Outland Trophies as the top defensive player and top defensive lineman. Pitt wide receiver Jordan Addison took home the Bolitnikoff Award for best wide receiver. The one-time Heisman favorite, uh, Michigan State's Kenneth Walker III won the Doak Walker Award for best running back. And Alabama quarterback Bryce Young took home the Davey O'Brien and Maxwell Awards for Best QB and Best Offensive Player of the Year. Excuse me. And on Saturday, Bryce Young would add the Heisman Trophy to his personal trophy case as well as the Best College Player. 
Anything stand out for you on the ward season for college football? Dude, Bryce Young, of course. I mean, right? Badass quarterback there, dude. Yeah, it was surprising to hear early in the, um, early on in that uh, off season, like uh, right in the fall camp, that even um, Saban wasn't even for sure he was going to start Young at quarterback, and now you're kind of looking at this going. Was it really a competition? Because young, yeah. he may be young by name and also in age, but he's shown poise beyond his years as quarterback in yeah. Alabama. Yeah, man. Um, he had, of course, an all. He had kind of a bad game against A and M, which unfortunately led to their only loss. But then he made he learned from his mistakes and started lighting the freaking college football world on fire. Though Auburn's defense kind of. Made him struggle a little bit, but he had that great drive to put the game into overtime. Led the team in the Iron Bowl for that victory. And then I'm still trying to figure out how defense, how the defensive-minded Bulldogs allowed them to score 41 points on them. It was unbelievable. I can't even believe that happened. It was weird. Well, you know that's a big game every year. So maybe it was... Maybe it was a little bit in their head and a little bit, you know, while we're facing Alabama. And, you know, I don't know, everybody, every team that faces Alabama usually gets this, like, oh, crap. Yeah. And And that's why I said I felt really bad for Cincinnati because they also have to face Nick Saban, who has time to prepare for him. Yeah. If you have time to prepare, if Nick Saban has time to prepare for you, (laughs) holy crap. That's why I feel bad for Cincinnati. It's like, I'm looking looking at the going, Cincinnati kind of got done dirty in that college football playoff ranking. I would have put Georgia at fourth and moved Cincinnati to place Michigan because at least I think against Michigan they have a a prayer. A decent shot. A prayer of a chance. Against Alabama, I don't even give them a snowball's hell. (laughs) A chance in hell. (laughs) So, it's going to be... Ugly, but yeah, Bryce Young really um, took over this season and really showed um, that he deserved to be the starting quarterback of Alabama and was the Heisman Trophy winner uh, based off how well he and Alabama played this year. All right, so we're going to move on to some NFL news and talking about what we were talking about earlier, chaos in Jacksonville. It appears that may be the case as reports have come out as that head coach Urban Meyer has called out his assistants having them defend their resumes and calling them losers. Meyer, of course, has vehemently denied all allegations that were reported and that anyone leaking information will be found out and fired. Meyer, it was also reported, also got into a verbal altercation with wide receiver Marvin Jones at practice last week. Jones left the practice and was not willing to come back until coaches convinced him to. No word on whether or not Jones was actually wanting to be released. Uh, team owner Shad Khan has stated uh, and was reported earlier today that he will not take swift measures at this time as he wants to do what's best for the team. Cooper, what in the hell is going on in Jacksonville? Well, I mean, it's falling apart, dude. I don't think this is at all what Urban Meyer thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, dude, you're coming into a team where they just got the the, the number one pick, draft pick. Mm-hmm. You're not going to come into a team where you're going to start winning games right off the bat. No. And I think that's what the problem is, is he's not accustomed to losing. Right. So for him, this is really just a kick in the gut. And I don't, I don't know if it's his, if it's his ego or what it is that made him think that he was going to grace the NFL and come to Jacksonville and just turn the whole program around in one year. Right. In one off season. Yeah. It wasn't gonna happen. He had to he had to come in realistically, even if you're a college coach. Cause even in college, you can get lucky because of your conference, really. You know, he got lucky because at what was it, Bowling Green I think was his first stop. He was in a weak conference, so you just had to get players to play your way and out-scheme out the other coaches. And then when he was at Utah, Utah wasn't in the Pac-12 when he came in. They were in a weaker conference. So all he had to do, again, was basically out-coach. 
he got lucky when he came to Florida because actually Florida had a still pretty decent put together team. He just had to get them to buy into his into his um, into a system. Yeah. And then you know, and then they were able to kind of go along and start doing well. A lot of it in co- coaching is, I mean, in colleges you can out coach somebody. But in the NFL, it's not just out coaching somebody. You got to have the talent to out talent the other but team. Not only that, but the difference between coaching college football and the difference between coaching NFL football is you're coaching men when you're in the NFL. That too. These aren't little boys. They aren't somebody you can push around and bully right. and get to do what you want to do, no matter what it is. And Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll, I'll make sure you cut off the team or you're this, that, or the other. Yeah, you can't pull you their scholarship, no, nothing like that. You have no control over any of it. Right, absolutely. And so that's the other thing. In it's sure. like if you can't get them to buy into your personality, mm-hmm. your way of coaching, they're going to go find somebody else. And absolutely. It looks like they're they're uh, already on that, that route. So Absolutely. And that's the other thing is, too, is you're the uh, – the college football head coach of a, of a program, whether it's a big school, little school, whatever, you're you're not answering to many people above you. There's the athletic director, the board of trustees, and the university president. That's about it. That's all you have to really have to worry about above you, because as the head coach, you're technically a GM, the president of football operations. You're the you're everything. In the NFL, you're the head coach. You have to answer to the general manager, who has to answer to the finance department, who has to answer. They all have to answer to the VP of football operations, who has to answer the fo- president of football operations, who then has to answer to the team owner. You're not. <laughs> that's the team all. owner still has to answer to the league. The league. So, so it's a whole mess, a slew of mess of problems. And he he's a little bit egotistical. I'm not gonna lie. He's got an ego problem, and he's learning the hard way that it's not gonna work in the NFL. And I think it's probably gonna be a one and done in Jacksonville. I uh, I don't know if the, he's gonna make it through the end of the year. I don't know if Jacksonville wants to do that, but at the same time, you might have to at some point because it's not looking pretty so far. Yeah. And you know they got coaches who. Unfortunately, have don't have a lot of NFL experience on that staff, but at least if you got the problem out, you might actually get the team to relax and maybe, I don't know, play well enough where they look competent because they haven't really looked... They had that little stretch where they look competent, and now they don't look competent again, and it's really getting sad, and you don't and want to waste that's any more time for Trevor. Much- just too much drama, dude. Yeah. Too much craziness. And, and you can't waste Trevor. And not only that, but then then everything that came out with Urban Meyer, you know, uh, was about a month ago with the whole club incident. Yeah, that is. It, and he denied every little bit. Of it. it wasn't his fault. Well, from from the video, it looked kind of like you had your hands around her. Yeah. I mean, it's. You know, you live in a world where we're nothing but watched by cameras. And especially in a big... He should have been flying back with his team. He should have been, you know, doing something other than what it was. Did they even win that game? No, they ended up losing that game. They ended up losing that game, and he still went out and partied. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I really think it might be time to go ahead and just cut Urban loose. Um, let him go get a job as an analyst this off season, where wherever, and then he can decide whether or not he wants to return to the college ranks. Because at least at the college ranks, like I said, he doesn't he have a lot to, to answer to. He has a chance there. Yeah, and he doesn't have a lot of people to answer to. Like I said, yeah. the athletic director, a board of directors for the university, and the team president who basically is the head of the board of directors but that's it it's not a big thing because usually as long as you're not doing anything that gets the university an ugly mark they pretty much stay out of your business especially if you're winning bowl games they ain't gonna say nothing if you're winning enough games you're winning bowl games you're pushing yourself in towards towards national relevance towards a national playoff appearance yeah they're not gonna care Unless you start making the university look bad, that's when they'll make it their business, whatever it is you're doing. But usually, if you keep your name, 
keep your name out of the dirt. They don't care. They'll stay out of your business, and you know. But when it comes to a professional organization, every everybody's in your business, and he's just lucky. I'm kind of actually. I hate to say this because you know I don't really care for the Cowboys, but they, I think they might have been smart not hiring Urban Meyer last year because I think Urban and Jerry might have gotten into a fight because Jerry is one of those very hands-on owners. Yeah. And I think Urban, with his ego, would have told Jerry to F off, and they might have came to blows. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so, dude. All right. So, anyways, so that's enough on Urban Meyer and what we think is going on in Jacksonville and what should happen in Jacksonville. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, we're going to talk about this. I'm sorry. Uh, Thursday night football gave us a blowout turned nail-biter and definitely a tale of two halves when it came to the Pittsburgh Steelers versus Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings jumped out to a 29-0 lead and were teeing off on Big Ben Roethlisberger as they were continuously, every time they turned around, it looked like Roethlisberger was getting sacked. And a couple of times, it looked like no one really was trying to block at a couple, <laughs> couple instances. However, though, in the second half, the Steelers started mounting a comeback. The defense did give up a 62-yard touchdown to the Vikings, which ended up being very crucial in the final score. Down eight, needing a touchdown and a two-point conversion for overtime. Roethlisberger, though, uh, began marching the offense down the field. On the final play, Roethlisberger threw a bullet to rookie tight end Pat Fryermuth, uh, Fryermuth sorry, in the end zone. Unfortunately, safety Harrison for the Vikings timed the pass well enough to knock the ball out of Fryer moves hands and saved the Vikings from a potential overtime game. Cooper, we gave up on this game at halftime. It we was did, that bad. I literally, we, we were watching it, and I said, this ain't going nowhere. I'm going to bed. And you said, all right, we'll see you. And I went to bed, too. And then I kept seeing, I was watching something else, but then I kept seeing updates. Yeah. And Pittsburgh scored. I'm like, okay, thank God you didn't get shut out. That was my first line. Okay. You're not getting shut out. Good job. Way to go, Pittsburgh. Don't get shut out at home on national television. For the love of God, don't do that. And then all of a sudden, it's a little bit closer score. And I'm like, okay. And then it's a little bit closer score. Okay. Then they gave up the 62-yard. I'm like, well, that's got to be the end of it. And then they get a little... And then they get back to eight. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, and then I get the last notification from um, the NFL's um, app that says, Pittsburgh has the ball... With just under three minutes to go, down eight. And I went, you got to be kidding me. I turned the game off. And, and that, that and it was like a catch. That catch by Claypool. That catch by Claypool. Oh, I don't know how he caught gosh, it. Dude. I don't know how he caught it. <laughs> I don't know how he landed in bounds, but he did. And then it was pass interference on top of that. And I even messaged him. I'm like, that's Lin Swan S. Not saying he's as yeah. good as Lin Swan. Yeah. But we've seen Lin Swan make catches where you're just like, how the frick did he do that? He just, what? Yeah. What is that? It was like watching Lin Swan, the number 88 for Pittsburgh, just, oh, yeah, I can make this play. Huh? What? Unfortunately, people gave him some crap because he did celebrate a first down with time running out on uh, Pittsburgh. Got to um, spike the ball and get all worried and stuff, but... That didn't end up mattering because, you know, Harrison you know, Harrison ended up saving Minnesota anyway, so they're like, Oh, it cost them seconds. What's the difference? If Fairmouth holds on to that ball, we're not talking about that really you know, at I'm all. I'm not even blaming him at all, dude. I'm not blaming he's him. He's a he's a rookie and he he's actually pretty damn good. In fact, one night one night bitching about the fact that they drafted him. Yeah, he like, did. Why did it why did they draft a freaking another tiny goal? Oh, he's gotta go after tiny dude. Like, because you needed a talented time end to replace. But he's good. He's good. He really is good. So, I mean. I'm like, because you needed a talented tight end to replace Jesse James, who's no longer on the team. Yep. And uh, I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying, if if Harrison can't make the play on fire move to knock a ball out of his hands, he catches it, the the touchdown and then the two-point conversion to possibly tie it. We don't even talk about Claypool's celebration at all anyways. Yeah. So they're only talking about it because they lost. It didn't cost them the game. Should he have done it? No. But did it cost them the game? No, because Harrison makes a great play on Friar move. Unfortunately, he couldn't get the ball in because he it was still way out here. Yeah. I mean, it was and we're not. I'm not blaming Losses Burger. He threw it where the only place he could get it to Friar move. 
That was the only the place. Farmer, actually, he did his best. He did his best. You, so you there's the, no one to blame so on like it. I couldn't even be mad about it. I was actually no. happy to see them come back the way they did. Absolutely. And I was like, this is freaking cool. I was like, finally, you guys are doing something. You know, because yeah. the whole game. You look dead. Delvin Cook is just. Running. Freely. Running. Freely. Holes everywhere. Yeah. Holes everywhere. And freaking no blocking for Roethlisberger. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Roethlisberger is not the Roethlisberger of 10 years ago where if someone free blitzes him, he can sidestep it and then scramble and then either gain five yards, possibly a first down depending on the distance between him and another defender, or make a good enough throw downfield. He can't do that no more. You can't free blitz him. (laughs) What the hell is this? Yeah, we got to get the grandpa off the field eventually. (sighs) He's already talking about retirement. I'm surprised he didn't retire after that game (laughs) as many times as he got freaking hit jesus i bet you friday morning he felt like shit oh yeah he's like uh i'm dead <laughs> probably woke up and went uh am i dead <laughs> no you're in bed fuck <laughs> rather be dead <laughs> all right this is the season over yet all right all right the chicago bears came in ready in the first half against the green bay packers on sunday night football However, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers would make the proper adjustments and come out swinging in the second half. The defense would hold the Bears to just three points in that second half, and the Packers would score 24 points themselves and roll 45-30. Aaron Rodgers would finish with 341 yards and four TDs as the Packers rolled on to it. Did you say four? Yeah, four TDs. Okay. All right. Why? Do you think I didn't say four TDs? It says three. No, it doesn't. It says four. Aaron Rodgers finished with 341 yards and four TDs. Oh, yeah, it does. Never mind, I was looking down at the, uh, the next little article. Yeah, don't argue. My bad. I know Anyways, what I wrote. <laughs> yeah, dude, uh, Aaron Rodgers is is uh, fighting to make a push to uh, so then when they, he goes to free agency, he can go to pretty much wherever he feels like. Yeah, definitely. You know, a lot of people are clamoring for um, Tom Brady to win MVP. And I get it. He's had a really good year for Tampa. But every time I turn around, Rodgers keeps freaking doing this shit. Yeah. I have a heart. He still looks like he doesn't give a shit. I don't even get it, dude. No. So I'm just like, (laughs) how do you not just let him win back-to-back MVPs? Because he just keeps doing this. Every time you turn around, he's like, "Oh yeah, uh, oh oh, I gotta I gotta perform something." Hang on, uh, here's three hundred some odd yards, and uh, there's four TDs for you. Thank you. Yeah. You're just like, the fuck? What? Especially when the Bears jumped out, I was like, "Dude, the Bears! Holy crap, they came to play!" <laughs> I got too excited too early, apparently, because, whoo, that <laughs> that swung quickly the other way. That was kind of scary to watch. That it was, man. That it was. But, yeah. So, I have a hard time just not going ahead and saying, let's give Aaron Rodgers another MVP again. I just have a hard time thinking, man, he's not going to be a Packer anymore. And here he is freaking having a career year again. Year again. And it's like, y'all couldn't come to some sort of agreement. If you're Green Bay in the offseason, don't you really just have to kind of knuckle under and let him have pretty much whatever he wants to stay in Green Bay. Because we all know you ain't going nowhere with Jordan Love. You're not going to win. As soon as he's gone, that team's going to fall apart. I guarantee it. I guarantee it, too. So, wouldn't you just kind of just go ahead and... Yeah, give him what he wants. Kind of give him what he wants and just build around and deal with it. And just deal with it for another three to five years? I mean, you're winning games. You're winning games. You're still technically a Super Bowl contender. Tom Brady has to retire at some point in the next three to five years, you'd think. Of course, then again, he might play for another three to five years just to piss me off. He's going to play till he's 60. <laughs> he's going to play until he's 100 <laughs> just to piss me off. Damn it, Tom Brady's still not retired yet. How's he leaving me peeing 100? <laughs> God, I just... I give him credit, though. Don't worry. I'm, I've been mean to Tom, but I, I gave him a little more credit today, so we'll talk about that here in a little bit. I'm just saying. 
It just seems like he won't retire. I think he's now doing it out of spite to me. You know, I know he doesn't know who the hell I, I, I am. I think it's out of spite to the Patriots, to be honest. I think he wants to see if he can outlast Bill Belichick now. Right? Just to prove a point. We'll see what happens. It's going to be fun to watch. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. It's going to be fun to watch. Well, sort of. Well, I'm just saying. I swear to God, <laughs> if that's the Super Bowl this year, I'm not watching it. I'm sticking by my word on that. Oh, I'll have it on loudly. I will freaking leave. <laughs> I will not be here. I will purposefully leave. Well, good. Then leave it. I will. Anyways. <laughs> The Monday night game was possibly going to be a blowout just as a few hours before game time. The Rams lost a couple of players to COVID protocols. Tyler Higby, tight end, and cornerback Jalen Ramsey, Madden 99. The defense oh, managed to start slowing the Cardinals. Though the, the defense, though, managed to start slowing down the Cardinals' offense, which was surprising because we were about to be down 10 nothing at one point. And that was despite missing Ramsey as they would pick off Kyler Murray twice and sack him a few times, including a crucial sack by Aaron Donald that sailed the victory for the Rams. The final score would be 37-30, as Stafford had another good game that really kept the game in check. He finished with 287 yards and three touchdowns. This game was amazing, dude. And the way the defense just came together and, and made a group effort to get this win, dude. I mean, Williams was on fire, dude. That guy was on him all night long. All night long. All night long. All night. I'm just saying, there was that point in the second drive of that game where it looked like it was about to get ugly. And then all of a sudden, that pick, because Donald tipped the ball, Ernest Jones got the pick at the goal line, and returned to the 30. All of a sudden, it just started working right just everything started clicking we still gave up some plays which were kind of bad they got away with a lot of holding yes um they still made some calls when they needed to like the that last holding on the freaking last drive that saved us because they were already like at the 30 after that freaking onside kickback gave me a heart attack anyways um but they started to seem to click and click and it's like Perfect, and then the second pick because Leonard Floyd backed up just enough and reached up and batted it to himself and was like, "Yes, this is unbelievable." And uh, Stafford just precise. And guess what? We lost three straight games, but we won two in a row. And in those two games, he hasn't thrown a pick six. So if he doesn't throw a pick six, we're undefeated. <laughs> there you go, right? So. Just saying, it's bad when you throw a pick six. Don't do that. Quit doing that. But yeah. he, he stopped for two weeks. And OBJ, OBJ's been on fire. Dude. And we're about to talk about him too in a minute. But I'm just saying though, it's just been nice. And then of course Cooper Cup's just continuing. Cooper Cup is crazy, dude. He was, he was all over the field last night, and that catch he made where he freaking did pretty much. I don't even know what it was. It looked like some crazy leg stuff. Just. Caught the ball awkwardly, turned, and had to avoid somebody by doing a weird leap over You know it. he woke up this morning going, ow. His, his ow. Gro- his, he woke up and his groin was going, my God, what'd you do last night with that <laughs> with that weird jump? And he's going, oh. It wasn't in my... Earth my puss. <laughs> Error. Error. It wasn't what you thought it was. Oh. It definitely wasn't, but it was unbelievable. I mean, he's just... I just love how he just tortures defensive backs with his stutter steps and quick maneuvers. Like, it's fun to watch. Just like, oh, nope, I'm going this way. And you're like, what the fuck? Yep, the breakfast club. <laughs> yep. That's, as he likes to say, the breakfast club's on it. Mm. All right, speaking of Odell Beckham Jr., um, he, has had, he also had a solid game with 73 yards and a receiving touchdown. He's had a touchdown reception in three straight games for the Rams. The biggest shocker, though, has to be the silence that has come from him and his camp. We stated when he was released that wherever he landed, he would just need to buckle down and keep quiet so he can prove to teams in the offseason that he is not the team cancer he's been made out to be. Thus far, he's been doing just that, and the Rams are even rewarding him by getting him deeply involved in the offense. Cooper, 
I'm loving what I'm seeing out of this so Me far. Me too, dude. Like, cause it, it's counteracting everything you and I both said when, when we heard he was getting released, and then we heard he was getting signed by the Rams. We both went, uh oh, uh oh, not good, not good. Right. But uh, you know, I think maybe what it is is when, when you've been a part of two franchises that that aren't that great, and you want you want more out of your game and you want to showcase that yeah you want to be on a winning team where you have that shot right or the giants weren't weren't the fact that they weren't that great yeah they they were on the back end of eli manning's career so unfortunately you weren't getting the old eli manning who beat tom brady twice in the super bowl you're getting the Tom, uh, the Eli Manning who just was really getting ready to go out the door, kind of getting ready to go out the door, and the organization then kind of went from coach to coach to coach, and he was just getting bad, and it's been kind of bad for him because they haven't seemed to found that right system and coaching staff that gets him back into. And prominence. nobody wants to go to Cleveland. I don't care. And then you get shipped to Siberia, which is Cleveland in the NFL. <laughs> And you're having to deal with a quarterback who thinks, I get it, you want your quarterback to have confidence. But even he thinks he's better than he really is to a point where he thinks he's elite and he's not. It's like, dude, even some of these quarterbacks kind of know their limitations. You kind of need to figure that out a little bit sooner. And he tried to force feed Odell, and you can't force feed Odell despite that. Because, look... 73 yards. Is it 100? No. But he made key plays when we needed on third downs. He made key catches when we needed to keep drives going because it looked like we might be going backwards. He had that great crossing route that got us like, uh, we were like, what, first and 15? He got a great crossing route and got us 30 on that play. I loved how he did the whole time off clock thing he did last night. That was pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. Well, he makes like, the play where he... What are you doing? But I'm like... Oh, he, he knew okay. he couldn't go anywhere, so he purposely ran backwards because he knew the rule in the NFL. If you're running forwards and go out of bounds, it stops the clock. But if you're running backwards and go out of bounds, the clock has to continue. So, yeah. Did he kill his yardage on a reception? Sure. sure but he kept the clock alive. That's smart football. So, it's just... you. I just, eh, it's like, he can't, he don't need to be a 100-yard receiver to be happy, Odell. And you're actually kind of enjoying yourself, it looks like, until you found out you had COVID today. I'm sure you probably weren't happy about that. Yeah, uh, that sucks. Man. But but McVeigh said everybody, including Odell, has been proven that they have been vaccinated, so it's just unfortunate. It's enough. It looks like L.A. might be having issues because the Lakers also had to close, cancel practice today. Um, because Talon Horton Tucker also um, reported that or tested positive for the virus. Yeah, man, not good. So, and I think what people aren't realizing too is remember when we could just get regular sick. Remember that? Yeah. And it was right around November, December, January on up to about February, March. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't think that. COVID is not real because I know it's real because we've had COVID in our house. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is people are still getting sick, but you're not getting the same kind of numbers that we used to. So like with flu and things like that, we'd always get the flu numbers and everybody would freak out. And now we're getting nothing but COVID numbers. It's like, Oh God. All right. So, yeah, I but mean, we're not getting flu numbers anymore. Yeah. So like, what happened to the flu? It's flu season. Yeah. What happened to the flu? Oh, flu-like symptoms might be just COVID. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyways, but I so uh, so I, just back to Odell though. We don't we understand that sometimes you want to have the numbers, but at the same time, if you just do the smart things. It just looks better because you're being a team player, and that's yeah. what we told. That's what we said. Yeah, we're not taking credit because we doubt he's hurt us. We doubt it, but we're just saying it's nice that he's he kind of understands what he needed to happen because it's just logical sense that he could not happen have happened what happened in Cleveland happen anywhere else. 
didn't matter if he came to Los Angeles to be a Ram. He could have went to Pittsburgh. He still would have had to do the same thing. He could have went to Green Bay. It still would have had to be the same thing. Could have went to New Orleans. It still had to be the same thing. He had to quiet down, knuckle under, do what's asked of him, and that way he can prove next year or in the offseason that he's not the team cancer he has been labeled. I will say this was the best option for Odell. True. If he was on any other, any other team right now, he'd be bitch. Probably. Because they wouldn't be winning. Well, except Green Bay. Well, yeah. That's uh, the only difference. Other than that, you know. Green Bay, yeah. I mean, it's Green Bay. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We just talked about who's basically should just be MVP again yeah. because you know it is what it just is. automatic MVP basically. But I mean, also by the way, speaking of MVP, please for the love of God, give Cooper Cup some love in the MVP vote. Yes, votes. please do. That would be so awesome. He has got the chance to break the reception record, the yards record, and the touchdown record this year in receiving. Single season record. It's just crazy, brother. It's just weird because it is. It just doesn't seem like it should be right, but it it's it is. He's got hands, man. He's got hands. He got good hands, man. He got good hands and weirdly <laughs> quick because he doesn't look quick. And that forty time said he was slow as hell, but apparently not when it comes to his pads on. Yeah. When he's got pads on, he's hella fast. All right. So let's get to the rest of the games. The Jacks have shown no signs of life amid controversy coming out of Jacksonville as the team lost 20 to nothing to the Titans in Nashville. The Buffalo Bills needed to rally in the second half against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in Tampa, but Brady would raise his overall record against Buffalo to 33-3 with an overtime win. See, I gave him credit again. Something wrong with me. I think that's three straight weeks of giving him credit for something. <laughs> oh, God. I might have the virus, and I don't even know it. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm praising Tom Brady. All right. Anyways, the Ravens lost Lamar Jackson early in their game against the Browns. They would still put up a heck of a fight just to fall, though, 24-22. The Raiders decided to hold a team pregame meeting on the midfield logo at Arrowhead, and the Chiefs responded in kind, jumping out to a 35-0 lead and finishing off the Raiders 48-9. Now, can we just talk about this for a second? Can I finish this a little bit right here? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. The stadium PA team played the wheels on the bus go around as the Raiders left the field in honor of the Raiders who had taken victory laps around Arrowhead last year when they got the upset win. Yeah, man, this this disrespect <laughs> that they showed at the beginning of the game. And then Karma swiftly kicked your ass. Yep, yep. Swiftly kicked your ass. Yeah, I don't think things like that need to be happening. I remember, um, you remember when... Trail Owens spiked the... Everybody remembers when Owens... What still shocked me is the fact that he still ended up a cowboy after that. Right? I mean, it took it took a while for it to happen. But I'm just saying, he went from that to San Francisco, from San Francisco to Philly, and then eventually Philly to Dallas. I'm just like... You guys really wanted him that badly he, after he what he did? He should have been a smartass and did it like as is. As a cowboy? As a cowboy. As well, he wouldn't have got clocked for it, but... Nope. I just say... You know, I know there's going to be people who are just like, well, that's disrespectful. There's going to be people on the other side who goes, it's just... It is what it is. You... I, I'm kind of on that side who's just... You don't try to send a statement that way. Don't do it that way. You want to send a statement, do it with your play on the field. Don't do it by being a smart bunch of smart asses and... So, jumping up and down in a team meeting, like trying to hype yourselves up on the opposing team's fifty-yard line logo. Yeah, that's that's not good. In fact, you're you're in a professional sport where you're getting paid. You might be fined for that. So right. be careful what you do out there. Right. And you know it's it it's different because like if you went to New York at oh, well not New York it's actually New Jersey into the Meadowlands. Even when the Giants and Jets play, they keep the sh- the NFL shield at the 50-yard line. They don't switch out their logos for each other's whenever they're the home team. So I get it on that point because you're not really stomping on a team's logo. You're kind of stomping on the shield 
though the NFL might not be appreciative of that, but because they protect the shield. But I, it's just stupid. Why would you do that? Yeah, You're just asking for them to have more motivation to whoop your ass. And they did. And they did. Freaking whoop their ass. Yeah. And I loved every second of it. Because it's kind of what you deserved after uh, that one. You kind of brought that one on yourselves. All right. The Jets continue to struggle on both sides of the ball as they lost again, this time at home to the Saints, who are still vying for a playoff spot. The Cowboys jumped out to a huge lease, a huge lead and almost blew it late as the Washington football team mounted a comeback that came up short, though, 27-20. The Atlanta Falcons kept their playoffs hopes alive as well with a victory over the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers now have lost 11 straight games that have been started by Cam Newton. And that includes back when he the year before last when he was the starter in Carolina. Not the last year because obviously he was in New England, but that's a little bit of an interesting kind of thought. Yeah. Cam Newton sucks. True. <laughs> Anyways, the Seattle Seahawks got themselves an easy win this week when they traveled to Houston to take on the Texans, winning 33-13. They needed that one, dude. Yep. It's kind of like, like the Rams the week before needed needed Jacksonville. Yeah, they needed that. And they got, they it came at a good time to keep them, give them confidence and build themselves back up. Um, If you hadn't heard... The unfortunate passing of Demarius Thomas last week as he suffered from a seizure and died in his home. Um, the Denver Broncos, Broncos, Broncos held a moment of silence for their uh, fallen former player, as well as also the team took the field with 10 players on offense, um, leaving the exposition open in honor of him. Took the delay of penalty game, uh, take the took the delay of penalty on that play. Um, and then the Lions, of course, in kind, declined the penalty. And um, Unfortunately, though, for the Lions, that was about the only heartfelt thing that came out good for them because um, they would end up getting rolled in the mile-high city of Denver, 38-10. to 10. It was really hard because, uh, you know, he was only, he's two years younger than us. Yeah, man, and I remember watching him, and, yeah. you know, he, he, he was an awesome player. Um enjoyed every minute of seeing him play because he's just one of once-in-a-lifetime characters out there you know what i mean yeah um one of the people hit really hard when it came to outside of his family in the football world was of course tim tebow as his highlight of his career is the slant pass he hit um demarius thomas in the wild card game that ended up winning the in that game in overtime for the Broncos over the Steelers. I'm not trying to bring that up against you, but I'm just saying <laughs> that's Tebow's highlight of his yeah, career yeah. Is, is that Maris Thomas was the receiver on that play. Um, and uh, so it really, of course, hit hard for Tebow because we also know how um, emotional, not in a bad way, but he gets really emotional and passionate about people he cares about. And unfortunately, losing someone like that probably really hurts um for Tebow, and of course, uh, Peyton Manning is also. Um, Demires Thomas was one of his favorite targets when he came to Denver that following offseason. Yeah. So it really hurt him as well. Um, so the Mannings suffered through that as well. It just 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 goes to show, dude. You never know how long we have on this earth, and uh, to take every moment you have. Yep. And be thankful for it, because you don't know. Absolutely. All right, so Herbert had another solid game, this time at home against the Giants, as he led the team thirty-seven to the, led the team to a 37-21 victory. The Bengals managed to come back against the 49ers to send the game into overtime. However, after making a field goal, the Bengals' defense could not keep the 49ers out of the end zone, as they would win 26-23. Oh, come on! All right. Cooper, any game stand out besides, of course, the one we already talked about in the Raiders getting shellacked up in Arrowhead? How about Herbert, dude? Mm-hmm. Herbert's having some solid games, brother. Yes, he is. Man, he threw that flipping dime of 54 yards for a touchdown. Oh, right before half of, uh, in that game. And I was out there and watched that and just went, that man right there is why I still love football because... He was t- he knew he was about to get clobbered. Backside pressure. He managed to roll off of it to give himself enough time. And he threw the ball beautifully downfield. Took the hit. 
But, oh, God, it's so good. And I just sit there and I just watch him. I go, why didn't we freaking utilize that talent at Oregon? We probably could have won a national title. Yeah, they kind of held him back and uh, kept him in check, didn't they? Because you just see it. He oozes talent and you're just like, you know, it's, what? How did we not use that? I mean, I guess he kind of gets lucky because he didn't waste a whole lot of throws in Oregon, so got the arm for a few more years, right. <laughs> extra years. But oh, I'm t- I hate to say it because I still think they should be in San Diego where their asses belong. And I don't really care if, because they did that. And I kind of didn't like also how they treated um, um, Schottenheimer and then also how they kind of treated Drew Brees um, as well as an organization. But they are just... A- few roster tweaks away from being very dangerous for the next 10 years if Herbert stays healthy. Yes. Just a few minor tweaks and then LA is going to go to the Super Bowl. Swear to God if you freaking refer to the Chargers I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Damn it. Uh, I'm just saying though an all LA Super Bowl wouldn't be a terrible thing. Would be even better, an all-LA Super Bowl in LA this year. Oh, that would be cool. That would just blow everybody's minds, wouldn't it? Right. Well, it'd be like, the Rams, Chargers, in LA, in the LA Super Bowl. Who's the home team? <laughs> right. <laughs> You're going to have to pick one side and that what it would be so packed out that it'd be like every other color. Well, what's and funny is their colors are similar, so you wouldn't really be able to tell the right? difference. Yeah, too. I mean, unless you really go powder blue for the Chargers. I mean, well, the good news is, is they both their locker rooms are basically a, whoever's locker room is not being utilized whoever's home, the other one's being utilized as the way. So they're going to be used to their lockers. Yeah. Their locker room, so it's not going to be a terrible thing, but I'm just saying that would be... That might really blow some minds to have the all-LA Super Bowl in Los Angeles where it's being held this year. Oh, that'd be so much fun because I would just laugh hysterically at, at everybody. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do now? You're going to watch it now, aren't you? Because you nothing else better to do on that day. I swear to God, if it ends up Tampa and New England, I'm not watching it. Tampa and New England is going to have... If it happens, I'm kicking your butt. It's happening. No, it's not. It's happening. It's not. Happening, Captain. If it ends up Tampa Bay and anybody else, I'll be okay. Or if it ends up New England and anybody else, I'll be okay. But I swear if it's Tampa and New England, I won't even be home. I might not even be in the state. I might just leave the state and turn my phone off so you can't bug me either. Well, you can never find me until the Monday after. I'll be back at Monday at 5 o'clock after work. That's when you'll see me again. Where'd you go, bro? I left. All right, man. So this was another good episode. It was fun, dude. It was. Uh, we'll be back again Thursday with uh, AEW Talk. Be sure to tune in tomorrow night for Dynamite, baby. Winter is coming. Holy crap, it's going to be good. Ooh, it's going to be good. I can't it's, wait. Yeah, it's going to be crazy, dude. It's going to be nice. Can't wait to watch it. It's going to be good. I can't wait to watch it tomorrow night. It's going to be good. Oh, it's going to be fun. All right. Um, and then uh, Saturday we'll have WWE Talk as they're getting ready to move towards the pay-per-view day one. Um, yeah, it's not, it's coming up. It's on the first, but you know, it's close. We're getting closer. It's going to be weird. The pay-per-view is going to be on a Saturday because that's when the first falls. Yep. It's going to be weird. I got back-to-back four-day weekends. (laughs) Yeah. Looking forward to that. Thank you, Governor Santos. DeSantis. (laughs) Go, Gov. Go, Gov. 
Or as the ladies like to call him, Daddy DeSantis. <laughs> they don't even call him Governor DeSantis. They call him Daddy DeSantis. <laughs> Anyways, but we won't get into that. <laughs> We're not getting into politics for that. I'm just saying my boss decided to no be No politics in sports talk, dang it. I'm just saying my my boss, my super boss of the state, decided I get two extra days off, so I'm happy. <laughs> and they're paid, so I'm okay with that. Um and then, of course, uh, Sunday we'll have basketball talk. Curry has already broken the record, so we'll get to discuss that. I can't wait. That'll be fun. That will be fun, as he now makes his way to 3,000 for a career. That'll be, that'll be fun to talk about. Um, and then, of course, we'll be back with more football talk, as we got a lot to talk about. We'll be talking, we're now, I think, officially on Urban Meyer Firewatch. Yes. <laughs> so, that will be fun. Excited I am. Yes, sir. I can't believe it. I was, I was actually. You know, I was actually for rooting for him this year. I mean, I was we, too. We've watched him every every week. Not that we really have a choice, but you know, right. we've been watching him every week. So, and it's been a headache to watch, to say the least. I'm like, I'm not even a Jaguars fan, but you guys are giving me a headache, like I am a fan. Yeah, this freaking sucks. And then there's Tampa just doing Tampa things because they got Tom flipping Brady. They got got the Gronkster, too. Thank God they got Gronk because that's about the only thing I can enjoy. Well, I kind of like Mike Evans. Mike Evans is good, too. I like Godwin. (laughs) I like Godwin. He's all right. How about Fournette? I'm surprised you even like Fournette, honestly, (laughs) after what you did to him and Jackson. (laughs) I knew you were going to bring it up. <laughs> so. Uh, so I'm just saying. Anyways. Yeah, that was scary. We almost died in Jacksonville. Someone was going to get us killed. <laughs> anyway, so that will do it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep, keep on, on talking sports. sports. Hey, everyone. This is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at sportstalk.cooper.bigman. Or you can email us at sports talk with Cooper in Big Man. That's sports talk W I T Cooper, the letter N Big Man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.